Hey, everybody. This is Matt Breckwald with the D&B Supply Show. Thank you very much for joining us today. And today, Mr. Travis Edwards, an FFA advisor at CUNA High School, is going to join us and talk about the state of FFA in CUNA and really in the whole valley with all the growth we're seeing and how things are changing. So you want to be Travis or Mr. Edwards today? Travis is fine. Thank you for having me. Hey, you are welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today. And, uh, and looking forward to the discussion. Let's start off talking about you. How long have you been an FFA advisor? I'm in my 14th year teaching right now, and it, all 14 years have been at CUNA. Okay. And you grew up around here, right? I did. I grew up on a dairy farm uh, north of CUNA in the CUNA the School District, so I'm teaching with my former ag teachers. <laughs> okay. Man, are there any dairy farms north of CUNA anymore? None that I can think of. Yeah, everything's south. Uh, the last one in Meridian... I think uh, sold out last year, went out of business last year. Oh, wow. Well, and that's kind of the crux of the conversation today, right? Things are changing yep. around here. Okay. So you grew up on uh, a dairy farm milking Holsteins or Jerseys or what? We milked Holsteins. Um, at its height, we probably had about 250 Holsteins. Okay. And you obviously enjoyed your instructors in the FFA. Yes, uh, I had a blast in the FFA and got some great experiences and uh, hadn't planned on being an ag teacher, but I went to college, uh, studied agronomy, with, uh, got an agronomy degree with a business minor and, and uh, went to work for a couple of years and thought, you know, I think I want to be an ag teacher and ended up going back to school to, to get a teaching degree. Okay. Okay. Very good. Where did you go to college? I started at Ricks College and got a an associate in ag systems. Okay. Uh, went to BYU and got my agronomy degree with a business minor. And then uh, worked in California making cheese for a couple of years. Oh, really? Uh, that was That's a long story job. Kind of <laughs> fell in my lap. Couldn't turn it down. Ended up in California. Okay. And uh, went there knowing I wanted to come back to Idaho. So I thought, you know, I, I want to give ag teaching a try. And ended up at UC Davis to get my credential and my master's degree. Oh, okay. And I came straight from there to CUNA. Very good. Were you making cheese in Hillmar? No, I was in uh, Tracy, California, working for Laprino Foods. They're they're the largest cheese company in the country, and they make pretty much just mozzarella. Okay. Serving the pizza industry and frozen food industry. What year was that? Uh, 2003 to 2005 is when I was there. I did take a date down to Hillmar one time. The (laughs) Hillmar Cheese Factory has a great gift shop. Okay. (laughs) Very good. All right. Okay. Well, quite a bit of ag history, quite a bit of CUNA history. And so you have been involved in CUNA FFA since, well, what, 18, 19, 20 years ago, maybe. When did you graduate high school? Uh, 96, I graduated. Oh, 96. Okay, wow. Okay, so 24 years at this point. Travis, how many students do you have in your FFA chapter, your program out here in CUNA? Uh, For quite a few years, we'd, we'd stabilized around 400, 430. And just in the last couple of years, we've grown to about 500 now. Wow. Enrollment. So we just added a fourth ag teacher this year to our program. So we're now a four-person program. We've got about 500 students unduplicated in our enrollment. No kidding. So 500 students. How many students go to CUNA High? Um, I think administration right now would tell you about 1,600. It's between 16 and 1,700. So almost a third of the students are involved in some way or another with the FFA. Yes, or, or at least in an ag class of some kind. And they don't always choose to participate in FFA, but they're taking ag classes at least. Okay. And it's it's interesting that uh, that percentage 
has been true for decades. Uh, it's always been between about a third and a fourth of the student population that takes ag classes at CUNA High School. So you have seen the changes. And I think my first question for you about the changes is, I would imagine that when you were in the FFA chapter and when you first started teaching, probably the bulk of the students that were that were in the chapter came from a production agricultural background. Uh, am I right about that? Yes. In the ag program and in the FFA chapter, when I was in high school, the majority of kids definitely came from a production ag background, uh, either living on a farm or coming from families that had been farming and, and were not far removed from it. Mm-hmm. Now we're to a point where it's a, it's a minority. I would say maybe a fourth at most of our students come from some kind of pr- production ag background. Okay, interesting. So, uh, I'm sorry, you say a quarter of the students? Maybe. I, maybe. Uh, maybe not even that much now. And it, and I would assume that's just a factor of within the CUNA school district, there's just, we've reduced the amount of production agriculture by that much. Would that would that be the reason for that, that shift? Yes, yes. Uh, the fastest growing crop around here is houses. Yeah. Anymore. And uh, we've gone to... We have so many new subdivisions and and young families and families with mm-hmm. kids in these subdivisions that that uh, the population demographic really has changed. It's really changed. So then, uh, one might say, "Well, your FFA, you know, the the enrollment or the participation in your FFA chapter must be shrinking." But I bet that's not true. Nope, uh, we're we are still growing. The growth has slowed a little bit the last few years for a number of factors, but but we are still growing. And the message we try to get out is that we have something for everybody. Uh, ag, the ag program and FFA is not about teaching farmers and training farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really preparing leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I and people who listen to me know that I get to interview a lot of FFA students and be involved quite a bit. And it is incredible uh, what the program does in terms of of turning out future leaders and in people or, or students who are just. I mean, if they weren't going to college they are ready to hit the ground running when they're done with high school and they're done with FFA. Um, There's just a ton of skills they get there. Yep. Yeah, pretty incredible program. So we're seeing the shift in demographics and we're seeing the shift, I guess, in types of students. So if you have maybe 25% of your enrollment are students that are connected to production agriculture, where are the other 75% coming from now? Most of them live in subdivisions or, you know, small acreages where mom and dad have a job in town, but they're able to afford a little bit of land to, to mm-hmm. play on and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of hobby farm. Okay. Um, I would say that's the majority now are, are coming from subdivisions or, or small acreage. Okay. Well, let's let's break. I want to, if we can, you tell me if this is fair or not, but we'll break the your student demographics into three pieces. Uh, one, kids from production ag, uh, very traditional. Two kids off of small acreages, uh, and three kids out of subdivisions. Uh-huh. So your students who are coming into FFA and they're on the smaller acreages, the ranchettes, or or whatever you want to call them, what what are their interests? Are their interests varied? Are they different than what you were used to seeing, say, back when you were in the chapter or when you first started teaching? Yeah, I, I would say they definitely have a different interest now. There's they're finding their interest really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they a lot of them are in ag because of the opportunities we offer. A lot of them have an interest in animals in one way or another. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids come in saying, "I want to be a veterinarian." Okay, uh, we hear that a lot. Okay, um, they have some kind of interest in working with animals mm-hmm. or 
or something like that. Got it. And you talked about the activities. They, they're interested in the activities. What kind of activities draw students into the FFA chapter? We've got a wide variety of activities that draw a lot of different kinds of students. We have students that are more mechanically minded or drawn more towards our our uh, mechanics and welding and, and small engines programs. Mm-hmm. And in the FFA, we have some events that go along with that where they can go and participate in competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, our animal science program is really popular because, again, a lot of kids have an interest in animals. Um, and they don't know what they want to do with animals, but they know that they want to be involved with animals and know more about them and, mm-hmm. and maybe find their way to a career working with animals. Sure. Um, our plant science program is, is, uh, growing a lot too. Uh, students get into that one because it sounds interesting. I don't know that they come into our program going, I want to work with plants, mm-hmm. but they see it. They see the things we offer and the opportunities that are there and they take advantage of them. Now, if I was to, and I know this is probably not fair of me, but if I was to take, say, a third demographic, and that is students that live in a subdivision, so there's there's no land at all other than the yard um, to raise animals on or do something like that, what what is drawing these students in? I would say the draw is similar to those from small acreages, mm-hmm. but the main difference is they have less experience. Okay. Okay, They and that's the majority of our students now are coming to us with not much prior experience. Mm-hmm. So we're having to teach a lot of things that, that students used to know back when I was in high school or even when I started teaching. Okay. And I would say for the, the kids that are coming from from the suburban areas, they, they just don't have those experiences. They, they have an interest in maybe learning about plants and animals and agriculture. Uh, we, we try to give them a good sales pitch when they're eighth graders to say, Hey, at least come try it out. Mm-hmm. And so they come in curious to know what we do and what we're about, but they don't have the experience that the other students have because they haven't grown up that way. Okay. Now back in 1988, we were talking about this off air. You you corrected my date here. Uh, the Future Farmers of America became the FFA. Yes. And that was so people who were not necessarily interested in becoming farmers would still know there's a home for them in the FFA. There's something for them there. Yes. National FFA recognized that there, there was a stigma that comes along with that term, Future Farmers of America. Mm-hmm. And they recognized the changing population around the country. And we're really not just about farming. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. I, I hate to say just farming I know, because I know. it's great, but we're not only about farming, mm-hmm. and and so they changed the name to the National FFA Organization so that they could hopefully try to move away from that stigma. Yeah. Okay. So now, when you go into classes in the eighth grade and you're recruiting, do eighth graders come back with, "Well, I don't want to be a farmer"? Is this still something that you deal with? We still deal with it constantly on a regular basis with with students. And with staff members. Okay. Uh, it's it's interesting that with uh, our staff members around our school and our district and around the valley, uh, they still they still connect the term FFA with future farmers of America, mm-hmm. and they still think we're about farmers. Okay. Now, you mentioned that uh, a lot of students coming in now with less experience out of, uh, say, out of a subdivision, you've got to teach them things that 20 years ago, somebody would have come in, they would have already known. So give us an example. Like what would one of those things be? Uh, how to read a tape measure. 
Okay. Uh, how to read a tape measure is probably a really common and really basic one that that uh, kids like me grew up learning on the farm. We we grew up mm-hmm. knowing knowing came to high school knowing that we had already learned that, and that's just one example. Um, how to work with tools, what certain tools are. We have kids that don't know what a screwdriver is, mm-hmm. and so they it's really eye opening to me that I take that for granted. I was raised that way, and students now are getting those experiences from us because they haven't had those experiences yet. Yeah, that is really interesting. It would be interesting to watch too. You know, uh, there's such a, uh, to me, it taps into a total different part of the brain when you work with your hands, when you assemble something, when you disassemble something, when you put something together. And for, for you guys at the FFA chapter, when you're teaching students how to do this and watching them do these types of things for the first time, you must see a lot of, I don't know if you'd call it an epiphany or what you would call it, but you must see a lot of awakenings and in, in people discovering things. You know, that's one of the fun things about teaching ag is watching that discovery. And it's it's funny, the reactions. We have some students who come in and try it out and they don't like it. It's it's not something they're used to. They're not familiar with it. It's new and, and it makes them really uncomfortable and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so they try to, they, they do it, they do what they have to, but then they shy away from it and, and they go, they prioritize and they go a different direction in the courses they take. Then we have other students that really gravitate towards it and grasp onto it. They love it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun to see their eyes open and and go, Whoa, I like this and I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, good example was, was this last year, our, our valedictorian, uh, just an amazing student, an excellent young lady. Mm -hmm. And was had stellar grades and uh, I think she had a perfect score on the the ACT or, wow. or something just an amazing gal and really did well in all of the coursework she took in our program and all of her classes the one and she said this in her her valedictorian speech last uh, graduation that uh, the one class that really pushed her was my welding class mm-hmm. and it was the one where she thought she was going to lose that 4.0 GPA she didn't think she was going to get get there she struggled when she got in the shop and, and was doing those things with her hands. And she's brilliant. She really is. Uh-huh. But uh, it was it, it was fun to see her struggle through that and work through that and grow in a way that she hadn't grown before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. We get to see students grow in new ways, ways that they haven't grown before. Yeah, that is interesting. Now, you mentioned that a lot of students coming in come in because they're interested in veterinary sciences. Uh-huh. Is there another route for a student if they want to be a vet and they want to get kind of a jump start on that in high school? Is there another route or is is FFA what's left for a student to, to design a pathway to that career? Well, if, if it's somebody that really wants to start in high school to get there, the best way is through an ag program. Uh, we don't currently offer a veterinary science course or program, but our mm-hmm. animal science course gives students the the background and experience they need to really get a good start. And we've had a lot of our graduates become veterinarians and work mm-hmm. in the field now. Uh, schools like Meridian High School, they have a veterinary science program where they get those students connected and working as vet technicians mm-hmm. and and get them on that path as well. So there's lots of different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. I also have a really good friend from high school who never took ag in high school, and she's a veterinarian in Boise. She owns her own vet clinic. Okay. And uh, lives right up the road from you, actually. Okay. All right. So so there's a lot of ways to get there, but I would say if somebody knows that's what they want to do in high school, probably the best way to get started is through an ag program. Yeah, that is interesting, and it makes me think of, of other students I've spoke to around the country 
How many how many students do you have coming into the program who recognize at some point in the future, I want to be involved in a research-based career and I can start conducting research and doing tests and, and things like that right now in high school through the FFA? I would say very few come to us thinking that. Okay. Most of them, when they get to us, are thinking, oh, what do I want to do? They're telling me I should pick a career and know what I want to do with my <laughs> life. And so it's through the experiences that they get in our program that we have students go, hey, I kind of like this research thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to take this farther. We had a couple students a few years ago who who uh, partnered with Simplot, and they did some research in our greenhouse on the... Uh, foliar absorption of phosphate fertilizers and uh, for us they were sophomore and junior at the time and it was an opportunity that came up and and simplot approached us and said hey do you have anybody that wants to do this and mm-hmm. we identified a couple students and they ended up third in the nation wow for their research and and simplot took that research and actually used it they went and reported at simplot headquarters in boise mm-hmm. and uh and and gave a presentation on their their findings and simplot took that research and actually used it in their in their business. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, now we were talking about, we're talking about research and you, you brought up, uh, the, the students feel pressure to pick a career. Now I know that you're not forcing them to pick a career when they're, when they're in the FFA, but you are having them do things like supervised agricultural experiences, uh, career development events and things like that. Uh, let everybody know what those are and why those are so important for the students. So in an ag program, Every student in the country is supposed to have a supervised agricultural experience. And the point of it is to give them experience, hands-on experience, Mm -hmm. production experience of some kind outside of the classroom. Um, I say production. It doesn't have to be production, but they need to get real-world experience. Mm -hmm. And it gives them a chance to try different things out and see what they like and what they don't like. It gives them a chance to apply what they're learning in the classroom outside of the classroom and see why it matters. And uh, it, it really helps them. And, and those students have an advantage. Most students coming out of high school don't have much of a resume. Maybe they've had a job in high school that they can say, look, I worked and I did this. But mm-hmm. our students document all their work and they can say, look, I spent this many hours doing this. Yeah. I invested this much money in this kind of work in my enterprise. Um, some of them choose to own businesses or own livestock. Mm-hmm. Some of them have jobs and, and that's their agricultural experience. So uh, the goal is for every student in the country that's in an ag program to have an SAE, to get real-world, real-life experience in the safety of a high school program Mm -hmm. before they get out to the real world. And as of today, that's over 700,000 students nationwide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I can't guarantee that everyone has an SAE, but they're Mm -hmm. supposed to. Yeah. And all of us ag teachers do our best to make sure Mm -hmm. they do. Now, the career development event, you mentioned... Uh, the students feeling like they need to pick a career right there in high school. But I've always looked at a career development event as, I don't know, maybe a younger brother or younger sister to an internship when you're in college. And that can be really important, in my opinion, for picking a career, but can also be very important for you going, oh, now I know about this career and it's not what I want to do. Am I thinking the right way about that? That's exactly a career development event. It, those are the competitions that we have in FFA. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen Napoleon Dynamite, you've uh-huh. seen him tasting the milk, and you saw Pedro judging the the dairy cattle. Mm-hmm. Those are examples of events we actually do. And there's there's a ver- we have so many different events. It represents just about every part of the ag industry you can think of. Mm-hmm. 
And students, if they choose to participate in those, they try out for a team, they practice, they work, they come in after hours. It's for us teachers, it's like teaching another class mm-hmm. because we have different curriculum and different materials we have to prepare and assemble and organize. And then we train these students uh, for skills and knowledge, both related to careers. Um, for example, I just met with my, my horse judging kids last night. They want to learn about horse evaluation in the horse industry. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, we're getting started and we're going to focus on judging horses. I'll be t- coaching a forestry team this spring. I have a food science team that I coach, uh, a dairy products team that I coach. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my partners are coaching things like livestock man, livestock judging, evaluation, meats evaluation, dairy cattle evaluation, Mm -hmm. uh, some very traditional things. And then we have landscape, uh, what was that one called? Landscape management Mm -hmm. is the the term for that one. We have floriculture. So a a wide variety of different events where students are putting in their own time outside of class to learn Mm -hmm. extra now, you mentioned you mentioned the CDE event or the career development event in Napoleon Dynamite, but I watched your parliamentary procedure team compete at the national convention in 2018, and that was way beyond anything I saw in that movie. That was pretty intense. It was incredible what those students could do. Yep, yep, and I hesitate sometimes to use Napoleon Dynamite as an example. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw that movie, I almost walked out of it because I thought, holy cow, they're making fun of everything I knew growing up. <laughs> but I've come to appreciate it, and, and it's something people in in the public can relate to or recognize, hey, I saw that FFA thing. But but you're right. Uh, we get to events, leadership events, like parliamentary procedure, like public speaking, and those students are so far above and beyond what a lot of adults are That's right. with their leadership skills, with mm-hmm. their, their knowledge of parliamentary procedure, with their, their ability to get up in front of an audience and speak clearly and effectively. Well, and their ability to work as a team and to problem solve or come up with a solution or a plan and then implement it it just blew me away. It was really impressive. And same with the food science and technology competitions I've learned about. It just is unbelievable what these students are able to learn, do, and then implement. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Yep. And a lot of people relate CDEs to, to what they knew growing up, and, and they go out and look at cows. Well, it's so much more than that. Like yeah. you said, they put team activities together in these events. My, my food science team has to develop and design a product within an hour they're given mm-hmm. parameters they're given information on on uh, nutrients and they have to design a product and put together a sales pitch and make the the packaging and everything yeah. within one hour as a team and then present it to a panel of judges so it's it's uh it's performing skills it's presenting it's it's uh, so much more than what people believe it is or what people thought it was yeah now, we talked about kind of the changing demographics out here in CUNA, but I know there's a really strong cohort of ag teachers and FFA advisors all throughout the entire Treasure Valley. Uh, when you all talk about things that are going on in this region or this section, I, I forget how we refer to it, What wh- are we seeing kind of the same dynamics in every chapter around the valley? I would say that we are. It's just, it depends on how far out in the valley you go. Okay. Uh, for example... Uh, and and we divide into districts. So in the Treasure Valley, we have the Boise Valley District, uh, which is sort of the, the east side of the valley. Mm-hmm. And then the Treasure Valley District is sort of to the west side of the valley. And then if you get up into to Parma in that direction, now we're talking the western Idaho District. So, okay. so two to three FFA districts are, are covering this area. 
and different communities are growing at different rates. So in Meridian, they're they're almost completely urbanized now. Mm-hmm. Uh, very little production ag background with their students. In CUNA, we're headed that direction. We're, mm-hmm. we're a few years behind, but it feels like we're headed that direction. Uh, places like Melba and Marsing and Homedale are still kind of out on the fringes or the outskirts of the valley, and they haven't seen quite that much growth yet. So their demographic's a little different. But we're all seeing and feeling the growth and the change, mm-hmm. and we're trying to adapt to it and still meet the needs of our students and our industry. And along those same lines of, of growth and change, we're getting a, a second high school, or I should say, I guess a third high school in CUNA, right? Yes, uh, Swan Falls High School. So uh, currently we have CUNA High School, Initial Point High School, is an alternative high school that Mm -hmm. serves a a specific group of students with those needs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Swan Falls High School is the new one that's going to come online. Okay. And so that school, uh, well, I guess first and foremost, will the CUNA FFA chapter stay at CUNA High or will it move to Swan Falls? For the time being, we're going to stay at CUNA High School. Uh, Swan Falls High School, when it opens, is going to house some of our career, some of our other career technical programs. Okay. Uh, for example, they're going to bring online an automotive program and a diesel tech program. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years, we've been sending students to Boise to their school for that, and now we're going to be able to to have our own at Swan Falls. They're going to have a construction management program. Our health occupations program will be moving to Swan Falls High School, where they'll they're going to have a better facility to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to start out being a career technical extension of the current high school. Okay. Once the once the school district is in a position to bond again, if if they can pass another bond or when they pass another bond, they'll expand Swan Falls High School into a complete comprehensive high school. Oh, okay. I see. Very interesting stuff. Well, I will tell you what I uh, I I learned about. I, I, I didn't learn about FFA late in life, but I learned in depth about FFA late in life. Well, for me, I'm not, you know, I'm only in my 40s, but uh, <laughs> but uh, later in life, I should say. And I have been so blown away, so impressed with what they do. And at the root of that, in all the students that I get to interview about the FFA, every episode, they mention who their ag advisor is. And they always they always say great things about their ag advisors, their FFA advisors. So thank you very much what, for what you do. Uh, I think that CUNA High has a fantastic chapter. I've been lucky enough ever since we moved to CUNA to be exposed to it and to see it. Uh, so really, thank you very much for what you do and, and for all your colleagues over there at the CUNA FFA chapter and in every other chapter here in the Valley. And thank you very much for coming on and sharing this today. You're welcome. We love what we do. Thank you, Matt. Well, thank you for being here, everybody, and thank you to Travis Edwards from CUNA High School FFA for all that great information on these ever-changing demographics we see here in Idaho. Have a great week.